Welcome to the Open Source Way. This is our podcast series, SAP's podcast series about the difference that open source can be. And in each episode, we'll talk with experts about open source and why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hohage, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to Alan Clark and Keith Siegel, right? Keith, is it Siegel or Seigel? Siegel, correct. Siegel, all right. Because in German, I would say Seigel, as you're spelled with an EI. From Suse, which I haven't even said, about automation and probably some other topics. So, hi, Cal hi, Alan. Hi, Keith. Great to have you here. Hello, Karsten. Happy Monday. Hey, Karsten. Thanks very much. All right. Alan is an SAP Alliance Manager for the EMEA region at SUSE. He has spent uh, eight of his 10 years uh, there embedded within the SAP ecosystem. Alan uh, spends uh, much of his time collaborating with and supporting both SAP partners and also assisting SAP customers. On the partner side, hyperscalers uh, and regional SIs, MSPs, and so on, mostly with their migration and transformation projects. Keith came to Zuse in December 2020 after a 10-year career within the SAP ecosystem. At SAP, he was an account executive uh, who then moved through the sales ranks and uh, shortly after leading the sales development teams at SAP, he moved into a leadership role for various different solutions and services at SAP and now he oversees uh, Zuse's partnership with SAP for North America. So hello again, Alan and Keith. Where are you both currently located anyway? Because we're still doing this remotely, by the way. Yeah, hi, Carsten. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, in uh, in a sleepy little village in the middle of England, um, currently seeing very windy weather outside my window. But uh, yeah, that's where I am. About 50 kilometers north of London. And Keith? Hey, thanks, Karsten. Hello, everybody. Thanks for uh, the time today. Uh, very excited to, to be a part of this podcast. I am from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where we have an SAP headquarters for the mid-market space uh, down in Tempe, Arizona. So I'm about 45 minutes away from that office. Uh, I've been in Arizona since 1991, and I regularly enjoy the heat and not having to uh, plow any snow. Okay, so we do get the picture. For Alan, it's kind of the foggy moor uh, with the Hound of Baskerville uh, audible in the background. And for you, it's uh, inside of the Mexican border uh, with some saguaros in a desert, Keith, I guess. No, but we're not really here to talk about the touristy uh, features of your locations. Um, the other day, I actually talked to someone who sits just around the corner, who also used to be with SAP and is now working for the other big uh, Linux distributor. Um, I guess you know who I'm talking about. Today, it's SUSE Day. Uh, just mentioning that because uh, we don't need to start back in the 90s when things with Linux uh, or its popularity uh, started. That's what I talked about with Anna a couple of months ago. So to you now, the question for the short answer, Linux kind of used to fight for its entry into the enterprise world for a while. Nowadays, basically all of the very large data centers for the cloud run on Linux. How did that happen? Yeah, enterprise Linux say is, is obviously it's open source, but it's considered nowadays the optimal choice for data centers because of the fact uh, that it's much more performant 
It's more scalable, uh, more cost-effective uh, as a data center OS. But I think one of the key things from particularly an SAP customer's perspective is that it's considered more secure. So when we're talking about uh, Linux being the OS beneath uh, a kind of mission-critical crown jewels, as it were, as SAP, to have uh, the most secure and performant OS sitting beneath it is much the preference these days. And, and that's where it's now uh, taken over. We see as much of a, an incline in the adoption of Linux from a DC perspective as we do a decline in Windows. Yeah, what we also need to realize from an operating perspective is that Linux is also preferred by the programmers and developers that are building out these infrastructures. And uh, what we've seen is that one of the reasons for this is that it's less demanding from a hardware angle and has a lower resource consumption overall from an operations perspective. And, you know, this is really what's very attractive to organizations around the world. Okay, sounds totally logical this far. Um, and then I, I said I wanted to talk about one aspect a little bit today that is uh, automation, which is another quality uh, you want of anything that you run in the cloud should automatically scale up, down, distribute resources to where they're needed and so on, deal with failure, etc. Again, what makes Linux the choice as far as that's concerned? Yeah, so I think you know everyone accepts that the, that the key to any kind of comprehensive modern IT environment is consistency and and the reliability of all of its inherent software defined systems. Um, the repeatability and rapidity of the deployment is crucial, uh, particularly when we're talking about SAP workloads, um, as an example, as a great example. But with Enterprise Linux, you've got then all teams, DevOps, networking can pre-prescribe, if you like, their requirements um, and feel completely confident that any future automated deployments are going to follow that pre-designated spec. So essentially any new workloads can be provisioned on demand, for instance, by lines of business in the cloud, if we're talking about a cloud scenario, and it will always be done to the agreed template. Okay. Now we've all seen a lot of uh, requirements prescribed and uh, features promised and uh, uh, specs followed or not followed in a beautiful industry doesn't always really mean that they're being followed uh, as prescribed why can the devops and networking colleagues be more confident about that with linux that's a great question karsten um so to break it down, unlike most companies that have an internal uh, sort of only network that fields responses, you know, the questionnaire feedback, uh, the customer successes and failures from utilization of the software, we actually have an external massive network uh, that we like to consider a community of customers, developers, and programmers that are all contributing to the needs, uh, the feedback, the best practices of our customers' needs and desires, all just to be successful. The best part of uh, this entire Linux community is that these updates and tweaks, um, these improvements are released for customer utilization as often as on a daily basis. So this way, the customer is always on the latest and the greatest versions if they so choose to be. This is not compulsory. This is not a mandate. Um, this is a choice on the part of the customer and the end user. So the major point to really take here and to really understand is that uh, we have releases happening all the time. 
makes sense. As far as the Linux being the choice, is there anything else you'd want to add uh, for Linux in general, or maybe even for SUSE Enterprise Linux? Yeah. Uh, so the other key factor is maintaining those characteristics after deployment. Um, you know, so you've got like your provisioning, your patching, your scheduling, you know, security, compliance uh, can all be handled by comprehensive Linux management tools. So we're talking about automation, live patching, and overall insight into the problems that could possibly occur even before these, uh, you know, potential uh, errors even happen. And that is the gist behind what we call Trento. Uh, which is something that we're going to discuss here in a few more moments down in our conversation here today. Okay, and and that of course is something uh, that specifically Zuse adds to the abilities of Linux. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, and I think if we're being specific, um, you know, from a Zuse perspective here, you know, uh, not wishing to talk, talk point product, but it, it it's relevant in this case and with what we're talking about. So uh, it, it's the same for any enterprise Linux distribution. There has to be a management console, a central management console that is the kind of the glue, the puppet master here, if you will, um, and becomes, again, from an SAP basis team's perspective, their best buddy because of the level and the depth of automation uh, and all of the points that Keith just outlined. This is where it's all handled in the managed central management console. Um, and this is a huge kind of relaxant allows a basis team member to sleep at night, certainly from an infrastructure perspective in terms of keeping the lights on because um, it, it, it pulls together the management and the unified deployment and automation of all these key components in the one central console, no matter what point product we're talking about within the portfolio. And and obviously the ability from a SUSE manager perspective to manage a mixed Linux environment, which is again, um, a, a key factor for um, such as people as basis admins because a lot of them are dealing with a mixed Linux distribution environment. So to have one central console that does it all instead of having to flick between consoles is a huge benefit. Quick return question there. Um, you said mixed Linux environment. So the SUSE console is totally equipped to also manage a mixed environment of different distributions, be that there are some SUSE and some Linux, uh, some uh, Red Hat, and maybe some exotic servers in the landscape. Is that right? Yes, indeed. So SUSE, Red Hat, Canonical, Ubuntu uh, can all be managed by SUSE Manager in the one console. Okay, cool. I mean, we're, we are still talking about an open source system here, so uh, that kind of also still sounds logical to be possible at least. Uh, but uh, you also talked about uh, updates, fixes coming from the entire community and everything. Um, how is that these days? I mean, do mainly the distributors such as SUSE and or Red Hat uh, provide these fixes or do they actually still also come from customers or even still sometimes from the, the, the lone wolf pizza uh, munching developer in the Detroit basement or where do these things come from these days? Yeah, so I think from an enterprise Linux perspective, I think the subscriptions, the open source subscriptions are support-based subscriptions. So, you know, it's not a case of the product, it's the support wrap around it. So from a customer perspective, all of the updates, patches, fixes come from the individual Linux distribution vendor itself. Okay. Um, and, and in the case of SUSE Manager, that is 
the throughput, if you like, to apply all of those patches in a scheduled, structured manner so that it doesn't um, disrupt the smooth running um, of the business. These are all applied at specific individuals, specific times in the background whilst the systems are still running. Now, obviously, if a customer hits an issue, they raise a support ticket with us. And if they have a specific issue upon us investigating that issue, our support teams, we may ascertain that a fix is required in order to resolve the issue in question. Now, at this point, we in the background, our support team liaise with product management, and if necessary, our developers and the teams and staff in the SAP Linux labs over in Valdorf. Uh, with SAP, we work on the fix or the enhancement. And then we, if, if that gets certified by SAP, it's rolled up into the next version or service pack. And we've got a very good example of how this works and benefits not just the customer that raised it, but all of the other customers. So um, what happened last year was that a customer came to us and reported an issue. They thought it was an OS, OS issue and we investigated it as such. It so turned out that it actually wasn't um, down to SUSE Linux, for instance. It was down to an issue with SAP HANA index server. Now, the impact on the uptime and the high availability there for a customer is huge because it's not available to fail over as quickly as it should. So this then means that this downtime, is, it's way too long to meet customer SLAs. A fix needed to be applied. So we worked on this in the background without going into too much detail. But essentially, we came up with a fix for this to enable a dying HANA database index server to fail much quicker. And then the failover process could kick in and the next resource is back up and running and the customers uh, or the customers' customers have experienced no or little impact. So that's an example of where someone, a customer reporting something to us, it's an open source issue if you like. We looked at how we could resolve it and we've then fixed it and we fixed it and now rolled it up as a feature in our next release. So any customer now consuming SUSE for SAP, for instance, will have access and will benefit from that feature. And that, that's a really good example um, of where this is the beauty of open source, right? All right. Let me add that of course SAP HANA index servers have completely stopped dying by now anyway. Uh, no, I have no idea, uh, <laughs> but I felt I had to say that. Um, nice example. Thanks. Uh, but I do want to read turn to one other thing uh, that I think you mentioned, Alan. Uh, there was more or less in the ways of uh, that all updates, patches, fixes are issued by the Linux distributors um, or distribution vendors. Is that so? Are they all happening in the distributors branches uh, and are then being resubmitted to the community, which I guess you have to do? Um, or does something still happen on community Linux itself and th that then you adopt? Or am I getting the process wrong here? Yeah, so I'll chime in on this one, Karsten. And so the thing to really keep in mind here is that we're talking about uh, a community of many people, internal as well as external to the Linux vendor. So this is not necessarily coming directly as fixes from a distributor, but more or less from a community of contributors. So we want to 
kind of keep that almost like a, a poem, distributor versus contributor. Uh, now, we certainly contribute in a major way to these fixes that our customers require, but the more important aspect to consider is that this all comes from a broad range of community contributors in the Linux space. So other Linux providers absolutely have the opportunity to capitalize on the improvements, uh, the patches, the updates, uh, as well as the customer requests if they so wish to do. Uh, because as mentioned, this is in fact a community effort, not a uh, single distributor-based uh, effort, if that makes sense. I think I'm beginning to get it. Let's maybe look at it from the other side a little bit. Um... Who reports the issues to whom if there are such is issues? Do they all get reported directly to SUSE Enterprise or do they get reported to OpenSUSE or uh, do they get reported again to the totally public community or is that a mix of things? Yeah, so uh, just to clarify, as I mentioned a moment ago, Open Source Enterprise then it's, it's a subscription for patches, updates and either 12 or 5 or 24-7 support back to the Linux vendor or distributor in question. So it's not a licensed maintenance model. But with this in mind, yeah, the process is that the customer will find the issue reported to SUSE and SUSE will then look at the potential resolution to that issue. And then of course, just as an example, I've mentioned, if we feel that is something we needed to fix or um, amend, we go through a certification process with SAP and it then gets rolled out into the next release. But if you talk about OpenSUSE, which is the community version of Linux, um, that's not the case from an enterprise Linux perspective. So I see enterprise customers, the commercial customers, are not using OpenSUSE because it's not supported or certified by, for instance, SAP. However, just like with, for instance, our friends at Red Hat, they have Fedora. It's their community version. We have OpenSUSE. It often foretells what's to come in an enterprise version because there are new features being developed there that are coming from, much as you indicated, ideas from the Linux community um, that are being rolled up into OpenSUSE. And SUSE looks at OpenSUSE, has a look at that, say, feature, and thinks, well, is this something we can use in an enterprise release? So the open SUSE commun community actually does feed the enterprise community, but obviously we have to test that, harden it, make it enterprise ready. So um, hopefully that kind of clarifies it. And as I say, ultimately it's the whole pay it forward nature of open source, which is where the customer you know, is, is always gonna be the winner. I guess I just get confused sometimes because uh, we're talking open source here and sometimes you call it free and open source. And yes, you're making the point what the distributors are distributing or selling is really a patch and fixes subscription and maintenance subscription, not a license model. I get it. Um, and it does really sound as if from the processes you're describing that the open source idea is at work within this still, right? I mean, uh, Keith, do you have any more examples maybe where these things happen with the open source part kicking in? Yes, indeed, Karsten. <clears throat> um, so to take you through it, the most uh, obvious example is a very recent one uh, where we had a customer uh, sort of express the need for a simpler tool uh, with which you know, they'd be able to scan nodes and identify potential problematic operating system misconfiguration issues before 
that actually affect the SAP workloads. From this, our technical team and our product managers began working on a new open source project that we call Trento, which I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, very briefly. Something such as this is not a quick turnaround as it actually took us 18 months to develop, test, and get it certified. This is now part and parcel of SUSE and Linux for SAP applications and not a cost option module, if that makes sense. And not a cost option model means it's included in the SUSE Linux enterprise license, or is it community open for everyone to use? So this is actually purely for SUSE Linux enterprise server for SAP applications, a nice short product title there, but it's uh, it's actually a, a, a bolt on to that. Um, and using the example that Keith just mentioned there, so it was something that's developed, came out of a customer scenario again, uh, but it's only specifically for SUSE for SAP. Um, it isn't included in the community version. It's not included in our kind of entry-level SUSE Linux Enterprise server. It's just for the SAP uh, customers, uh, but it's not a cost option, say so it's rolled up into the product. I think uh, I've understood a lot more already, so thanks for that. Maybe last question before we come to the before last and then to the last question why in summary sap and zuse yeah i think well it's zuse and sap have been partnering and jointly innovating both german companies in origin obviously for well nearly 25 years now with zuse being sap's kind of linux development platform of choice um and the, the vast majority of whether it's R3 or, or, or HANA deployments are running on SUSE technology. And that really is it's that affiliation between SAP and SUSE. It's very strong. Uh, we're always certified by SAP first. And there are specific reasons for that. SAP is intrinsic to SUSE's business. It's a huge part of our business. We, we plow an awful lot of resource um, and uh, innovation into this area. I think really this is borne out by the examples that Keith and I have mentioned today with Trento and with the fast dying index server. We put an awful lot of technical uh, resource into into the SAP area, uh, and it's always been that way ever since we first started with uh, partnering with SAP. And I'd like to add that add to that if possible. Um, so SAP runs all their own personal day to day uh, production infrastructure on top of SUSE technology, as we are recognized as the referenced architecture for HANA, as does uh, HANA Enterprise Cloud as well as RISE. Uh, and therefore, SUSE is always the first to be certified with any new release. And to the best of our knowledge, um, is that we've been recognized um, as being a part of roughly 85% of the SAP customer install base. Um, we are actually the platform that 85% of that customer base is, uh, you know, sort of uh, parking their SAP HANA infrastructure, if that makes sense. All right. While I can't verify the numbers uh, ad hoc that you're giving here, I'll just let that stand that way and for itself. Um, with that, uh, let's maybe come to our famous last two questions. Uh, the one is, beyond maybe the very obvious places of just hacking SUSE into the Google search interface, uh, where would be some very good addresses to find out more? 
Great question. So we have a comprehensive pool of resources, including data sheets, technical white papers, best practice guides, and informative blog links, all at https uh, colon slash slash www.susa.com uh, slash solutions slash run hyphen SAP hyphen solutions. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that you'll be able to distribute that to folks as well um, for them to easily cap capture this data. The other thing I would also like to say, the most important part, you know, if, if there is this interest in, you know, parking your HANA on SUSE, uh, you should really connect with your local SUSE resources. You know, they can manage your account from a customer experience standpoint. Um, so don't go at it alone. Let us help you out. Right. Okay. And as I was just going to say, uh, we're of course going to put URLs like the one you just spelled out in detail uh, in the information accompanying this podcast episode. Which brings me to the very last one. If you would have our listeners to take away the two to three famous key takeaways from this episode today, what would they be? Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in with the first one. I think um, particularly based on the, the nature of this podcast, and, and personally, I think it's it's great that there's an open source dedicated podcast from SAP. Something as vital as SAP HANA only running on one of two enterprise Linux operating systems is a huge feather in the cap for open source technology in itself. As I mentioned earlier, this is the kind of crown jewels of anybody's business, and it runs on Linux, whether it's ours or the other guys, it's running on open source enterprise Linux. That's a great thing for a start. Um, we've already talked about the fact that there's a vast amount of SAP workloads in the world today running on choose technology, including SAP's own infrastructure, as Keith mentioned. And also the fact, just to reiterate the fact that it is one of the biggest areas of focus of, of SUSE's business is SAP. And this, hopefully, if, if anyone out there listening is an SAP customer and is looking for a takeaway, is to make you feel a little bit better that from a SUSE perspective, because of that level of investment and innovation um, and, and close alliance with SAP, you can rest assured that the uh, the, the, the the solution itself, as it were, from SUSE is, is something that's only going to be the most performant out there and will help those basis admins sleep a little bit better at night. There will only be an increase in investment and in innovation in this area going forward, and I think that's a real key. This won't stop. It's been going like this for 20-odd years now, uh, and it's set to continue, uh, and we'll look to match whatever SAP is doing with whatever uh, innovation and investment we can. All right. I think that was a little bit more than just one key takeaway. Uh, so now just Keith adds, gets to add one more and, and then we consider this key takeaways done. Okay. Yeah, this is actually kind of a short and simple, um, but <clears throat> very relevant. As we talked about the community, um, you know, our, our, our expansive external infrastructure of uh, you know, folks that are dedicating their time to improving SUSE and, uh, you know, Linux itself. So the, the SUSE mission for customer success and HANA deployments is demonstrated by the amount of effort, expertise, and resources 
we, as well as the community, dedicate globally to our SUSE for SAP value proposition. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, Alan. And thank you very much, Keith, for being our guest today. It was nice to have you both here. Thank you as well. Really appreciate it. Yeah, very much appreciate you having us on. It's conversation. And thank you. Thanks. And thank you all out there for listening to The Open Source Way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and don't miss our next ones published every last Wednesday of the month, at least in most months. You will find us on OpenSAP and in all those places where you find your other podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify and the likes. Thank you again, Alan and Keith. And now let's all say bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.